0: Okay, real quick before we get started, you guys have probably heard that intro a bunch of times over the last year or so that I've put out podcasts, um, That me asking those questions and saying the answer to them is mindset, and now I have a couple options to help you with that. Um, I'm mostly focusing on the newer techs now to help bring them up into the industry and help them get further faster. The First option I have is the PDR Launchpad, and that's for techs uh, between zero and two years in business. Uh, it's an eight-week program to help you launch your business into success. The second option that I have is the Young Guns PDR 20 group. That's for techs up to five years in business, zero to five years in business. I'm partnered up with Gene Fetty on that, and that is a mastermind group that runs for a year to help you get your business further faster. So uh, if you want to know when the signups are open for that, then go to my website at CoachCoreyK.com and enter in your email address. You'll be in my email list, and when I open when I open enrollment for either of those programs, you will know. Enjoy the podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the PDR coach podcast today on the podcast is special guest. Uh, His name is Eric Patton. Eric Patton is definitely the my closest dent amigo in the industry, I would say. Um, Today is going to be probably more of a conversation, a little bit of back and forth. Um, If anybody knows anything about my history and my struggles and what I've overcome and how I created marketing things and branding myself as coach Corey K all that type of stuff it's it's this guy because I told him everything along the way so hopefully it's not too bad of stuff but but you can share some of that that (laughs) I can I have I have editing power of anything so um, even though I've actually never edited a single podcast just so everybody knows it's always free for all but this one's gonna be more of probably a conversation than it is an interview I do want to dig into Eric Patton's past because he is one of those technicians that has just kind of been through all of it from starting with a big company, Dent Pro, moving to m- his own business, hiring somebody, starting a retail shop, all that stuff. So I guess that's my intro. Welcome to the show, Eric. What's going oh, on? Thank sir. How are you doing, Corey? I'm good, man. I'm glad we finally did this. 70 um, something episodes in and here we are. So I got to ask you the same question I asked everybody else. How did you find this weird little niche of PDR? So I think I told you
1: this recently, but uh, I know the answer. It's for, not for me, Eric. Forgive me on the years. I don't. It, it was a long time ago, but I was working for my grandfather's body shop and he sent me out to pick up some parts. In Wait, were Sacramento. you a body guy, actually? No, no. Okay, I, was a, parts, okay. I was a grunt, you know. A kid.
0: You're a kid, right? Yeah,
1: I was, I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. It was right after high school. Okay. So he sends me to Sacramento to pick up these parts and I see this guy in the parking lot doing something and i'm like what's this guy doing right and i go up talk to him he was fixing a dent actually like, might
0: have been my dad right you're not sure that's what i was gonna say i'm pretty. it had to <laughs> had to be
1: it had to be yeah i think there was one other one or two other guys back then uh so in but I, i'm pretty sure it was your dad because the name dent pro like yeah uh, stuck yeah. yeah so funny anyway um so i was just fascinated with it and then uh you know i just kept working at the uh body shop and then i saw an ad for dinking um actually then i moved on to pepsi anyway i saw an ad for dinking and i was like oh check it out that's that that's that paintless dent repair mm-hmm. so i called them up went for a three-day training uh basically just learned to find the tip of my tool um because that's all you're going to learn in three, three days day
0: training yeah that's quick right
1: right wow. so
0: then uh Fast
1: forward, I was still with Pepsi, and I saw a Dent Pro truck in a parking lot while I was working. Went up and talked to, it was the trainer, uh, Craig, Mm -hmm. and uh, asked him if they were looking for anyone in the Fairfield area. And he said, as a matter of fact, we are. So got hired by that franchisee, spent a couple years there, and I think he had some troubles. I think he was selling back to corporate. Oops. You there? Yep. All right. Uh he was selling yeah. back to corporate and that's when I that's when I took off. Yeah, gotcha. one on my own.
0: That's awesome. So so yeah, it's funny. Another Dempro guy. I've had a few other like Race Avenue, south Contreras, um, several other people. I actually interviewed Mitch a while back from Dem who started yeah. it all. Um pretty pretty fun. There, especially Northern California. There's a lot of connections out here. Oh yeah. But uh, so we'll just fast forward a little bit. People have heard of DenPro. Pro. They've heard that story. They know we're Pro Sacramento still to this day. You're not. You're Eric Patton from Den Express. When did the Den Express happen? Why? And when, well, actually, what year was that? I don't think I know that.
1: So I think it was like,
0: two, I think it was 2001, the end of 2001 or the beginning
1: of 2002. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember it was shortly after
0: 9-11. Gotcha.
1: So, um, how that came yeah, out? You just got sick of. Working well, he somewhere? was selling, and, and I don't know. It, Dent Pro was different back then mm-hmm. than it is now. Um, it was just time for me to make a move. Yeah. A couple other technicians I had worked with left, and the, the franchise is kind of just falling apart. Yeah. Um, but my uncle helped me get started on the with Dent Express, and then I uh, he actually I worked under him for a year, and then basically just left after that oh, i did really? get sued and all that stuff though so. i my, attempted to yeah dent pro wait, tried,
0: well dent pro did yeah they they i mean a lot of like dent wizard they've heard like if you yeah. non-competes and things like that yeah we've all it's <laughs> <That's> understandable yeah, <laughs> yeah it's
1: understandable for sure
0: yeah for sure uh, but that was so i mean we're, we're coming tw- we're coming up on 20 years then pretty damn close yeah oh like, i'm o- september 11 yeah, i'm over
1: 20 well, well 20 years with my by myself yeah
0: well, you said September, it happened in September 11, 2001. That's about well, a 20. A li- yeah, it was a little after that. Yeah, so you're not quite 20 years then. No. Yeah, so coming up on 20 years. That's awesome. <laughs> so you've been back Vacaville, Fairfield, North California for a long time. We met on online through probably some PDR college stuff. I, w- I think it was um, in 2011. Thirteen? Has it been that long? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, I think it was like thirteen or something. Fourteen? Yeah. I don't know.
1: I think you. I think it was. Yeah, I was on the PDR College Facebook group. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I posted something and you saw that I was in
0: Davis or something. Yeah. You're like, hey, we're neighbors. <laughs> yeah, we go to Davis sometimes, but just to highlight that, like, this is like our relationship about being like essentially competition, but like right next door to each other. Like we don't like we actually both have driven to Davis for a few things and now we like call each other, you want to go to Davis? No, neither of us do. <laughs> it's like a no man's land. Yeah,
1: yeah. But
0: uh so usually one of us will take care of it. But um it's so nice to be able to have like someone who is running a legit business, trying to grow their PDR company, paying attention to what's going on, getting the tools, getting the education, all that stuff. Yeah. That's not really your direct competition, but is in your market, essentially. Right. That's what we were. It's like probably like, I don't know, what is it? An hour, hour and a half drive from each other, but really don't yeah, compete with most. each other at all. Yeah. Maybe Davis, a little bit of overlap. I think you yeah. like did one of the body shops we used to do in Davis and they switched to you because someone moved there and we're like, fine. we don't drive yeah, there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that type right. of thing where it's like, okay. yeah. But that's like probably one of the like tangible things that someone could take from this episode is that like, pff, try to find that person. I mean, it's really yeah. not hard. Like, you know, a lot of people have dent tech meetups now, which is great um you know find like google locally like the person that's in the town over and call them up and say hey i'm from the town over just if you ever have anybody out this way send them my way and you'll you know um maybe some sort of reciprocal relationship will form right
1: oh for sure um i'm constantly trying to reach out to other technicians Mm -hmm. that kind of overlap where i'm at Mm -hmm. and send them you know if we're
0: too busy i try to send it to someone else yeah for sure so, I mean, uh, we've, I mean, you've, you've created a couple of tools over the years. Um, I've talked about things that I wanted to do over the years. We shared marketing ideas. We talked about Google AdWords, Facebook ads, building websites, all those types of things. So be able to pick up the phone and call somebody that's in your same situation and can help like, oh, here's my thought on this tool. Here's my thought on this marketing. Here's what's working for me and all that stuff and not have them be a direct competitor. It's just always been. Super valuable, I think, for both of us. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but oh no, for I, think sure. for both yeah. us, I think for both of us over yeah. the years, which has been awesome. Um, so you ran a mobile dent repair business, Dent Express, since two thousand one up until, I mean, semi recently. Um, but you've actually taken that leap that everyone says they want to take, right? Like into that right. retail environment. Um, I knew you before you even had a shop, I believe. So. I kind of know how it how this transition happened a little bit, but how how did that happen? I mean, did you, did you always want to shop? Did you like how did you find one? Actually, you know what? Take a step back. You hired somebody first. That's key. I did. That's yes. key. So let's talk about yes. that. The question being, when you when do you know you're at the point when you're ready to bring somebody on to help? Let's start there. Um
1: uh, you should know before <laughs> before that because I was overwhelmed Good, yeah uh, yeah I should have I should have brought someone on before
0: becoming overwhelmed where you know what I mean where you don't even have time to bring them on because you're so overwhelmed exactly it's um, actually funny I was feeling like I was talking to somebody on Facebook and comments and stuff earlier and he was like I've been wanting to do this but I just I don't know if I'm ready yet and I feel like if you know, like numbers wise on paper that you can hire somebody and bring them on, but you don't feel ready, you probably should do it anyways. At that point, I agree before it's insane and you're, and you're dropping the ball. Right. I agree. So like, looking back, how do you, what could you have done different?
1: Um, gosh, that's a good, that's a good question. Like how, could probably, you have, how could
0: you have recognized it when you were in it instead of retroactively, you know?
1: I don't know, to be honest, man. It just got to the point where it was, I guess I never had thought about it until I got too busy. Gotcha. Uh, I I feel like I didn't want employees and then it just got crazy and I happened to just run across the right guy, man, to be honest. Yeah. is
0: Is there a number point where you think it makes the most sense? Like where you can take some of your work and give it to him? Um, is there a feeling of your business like you said what at what number at what spot were you overwhelmed where you know six months before that would have been the best time um
1: to where Man,
0: are you talking like a billing number yeah if you're if you're comfortable sharing if you want to um, I'm putting you on the spot here for these questions, but they're hard uh
1: That is is a hard question. Uh, I want to say it was around, I think I was doing around 18 at the time Mm -hmm. and it it was more of, it's more of just running, running ragged, basically Mm -hmm. running from here to there, uh, maybe having too big of a territory, too many accounts and not wanting to lose them.
0: Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, there's a lot of people in that situation though, that are in that spot, been there for a long time, super busy, Running around like crazy just to kind of try to put out fires more than like really cultivating business. That's exactly. like You go to the was. dealership and they're like, "There's twelve cars there," but you're like, "Well, they only needed eight done. So I'm going to do those and go to the next place." So if, if you're in that spot, start to turn the wheels on. Like, can I get some help? Right. That's yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: And then and then not to mention the service calls and everything else. And, yeah. And, right. Body shops, retails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You start. Well, it's weird because they all
0: just call it once too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, that's a good point. Cause they all call it once. And then there will be times where you you're, you're overwhelmed, but then there's that one week, like right when you're like, fuck it, I got, I have to hire somebody. It's like the next week you're a little slow. Yeah. And you're like, right? Oh no. And you're yeah. like, Oh, I can't, yep. I can't hire somebody. Right. Right. Did you go through that? Did you go through that? uh oh yeah all like the time yeah yeah, yeah. even still do like i'll call you like every, we talk like probably weekly still used to be like it seemed like every other day at, at one point but weekly it's like how's business you're like oh, it's crazy dude like gotta go someone's yeah. calling me and the next week it's like oh it's a little slower yeah and then, so it, actually, happened.
1: Yeah.
0: it yeah, always today works out,
1: today actually got a little quiet the yeah. phone the phone got quiet anyway yeah. but you know still got plenty of stuff to do
0: yeah you but, can find it yeah for sure so there's two there's two ways i just i just talked to somebody the other day one of my previous coaching clients who called me and was like not that busy towards the end of us working together and now all of a sudden like got a big dealer account hail hit retails calling and he's like i should have done a couple more things before all this happens you know so just start like if you're paying attention to this podcast obviously that's good um join some maybe join some groups find that dent guy that's next to you like find someone who's hired somebody and maybe just like start turning the wheels on that if it's a hard no like i will never hire an employee not gonna happen all i want to be with myself on myself then basically the other option which is what i did is i constricted my area down to like 15 miles like i don't drive more than like maybe 20 or 25 sometimes Maybe, but like pretty much like one little area and everything outside of there. Granted, I have other people that work for us I can give work to, but right. it's a little different. So maybe you got to like get to know the people in your area or something, but just start turning the wheels because all of a sudden, man, something like for the, for, I don't know if he wants me to share his name, but for the guy I was talking to yesterday or no. Yeah. Yesterday it was like like, you know, slow for the most part, half days here and there. then all of a sudden the three things, all these things clicked. Like his marketing started working a little bit of hail got this dealer group of like five dealers. And now all of a sudden he's like, I have no fucking, I don't know what to do. Like right. the dealer's saying, they're going to bring another guy in. If I can't do this, my previous dealers were like, um, you know, Hey, can you come back? And he's like, ah, this dealer's probably like way better. And so it's like, you, you got to think about these things and kind of be prepared if they right. do come along. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's
1: that was my problem. Is I, I like all the people I service, and so I didn't want to let them go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I still enjoy some. I still enjoy sometimes going out and seeing people I haven't seen in a long time. You know what I mean? Because yeah, Brian, right. my technician, does all that now. Right.
0: Yeah. So isn't that business though? Like that's business. That's like the, the growth in life and in business and stuff. You always come across those things where you kind of have to have to move on from stuff, even though you kind of yeah. like it. You know, like I think there's a lot of guys who become kind of business owners that still like that technician part of it and still like the meeting people and doing all that stuff. Um, And it's competing, competing interests too. But is there a way that you can, and we've talked about this over the years for sure. Can you grow your business and still have that aspect, right? Like you said, like Brian services people well, but you still get to go out there and be the business owner and talk and you actually get to talk to them now. Instead of going yeah. to fix 12 cars and saying hi. Yeah. Right. So, it might in some ways, potentially be a little bit better in that regard, at least
1: from yeah. my point of view. Yeah. You could nurture the relationship a little yeah, better for sure.
0: Um, at some point, you wanted to go to the holy grail of debt repair and open up a shop, which you did. Yes, I did. Um, how did you do that, man? You hired an employee, uh, you didn't want to do that. You had a shop. That's another leap. Like, how do people, how do people, take these leaps. i'm going to try to dig this out of you like try to identify some like determining factors that can make it so you're ready to do this but let's talk like let's talk about it you got to shop point.
1: yeah so after brian could service you know enough accounts Mm uh without really needing help um then i wanted you know i wanted a shop i wanted a retail location um luckily i well I've already moved from there, but I, I'll say it's never luck. (laughs) I, so there's a, there was a location right across from some of the dealers I service. Yeah. And I knew the owner of the, of the, it's kind of a strip mall. I knew the owner of, of that place and he happened to have something and that was working out, but I I don't know. It was, I still wasn't ready to be full-time at a shop, I guess. And, um, they started to build this giant hotel in the parking lot. And it just, it just became yeah, a cluster. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. Then I, my lease was up on that. And I happened to find the sh- the location I'm at right now, which is right off the freeway. It's a ton of cars drive mm-hmm. by every day. Yeah. And uh, Been there. I, I kind of went in with a detailer on it. He um, was like, I'm not ready. And I'm like, well, I'm signing the lease. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing
0: so it. Pay me half. Uh, yeah. Well, so these are the baby steps though. Right. So, right. you know, when did you hire Brian? Six, seven years ago? Five. Yeah. Yeah. I think seven years ago, seven years ago. So, so yeah, I knew you before that. I don't know. We're trying to figure out when we exactly met. I don't remember. So eight yeah, years ago so. Or, or nine, maybe, um, yeah. these are the baby steps. Like this is the consistency in business, right? Over the years, eight years, eight years. It takes to, or it took to grow this Hire went outside your comfort zone, Got to a point where you're overwhelmed. Finally found the guy that could work. Hired the guy. Right. Some right. more time goes by. He's working out for you. You get into a shop. It's not the holy grail. It's not the greatest shop ever. It wasn't it have ten bays and is all done and have the great flooring and all the lighting and all that stuff, right? But you were right. there. You weren't even okay. there full time. No, you had it, and you'd like do some Saturday stuff. You'd make some appointments there. You're like, I don't know if I'm going to keep. I remember these conversations. I don't know if I'm yeah. going to keep it. Maybe I don't need a shop. I can just stay mobile back and forth, back and forth. The same struggles that right. literally everybody, everybody yeah. was dealing with. Right? I was
1: even running cars from the dealership back mm-hmm. and forth to that. And I was like, why am I doing,
0: <laughs> yeah, am I like, doing? this? Yeah, you're like, I have a shop and I'm now instead of just walking the lot, I'm driving cars here to fix them to drive them back and get another one. Taking me like, all this extra yeah, time.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you had a vision though. Your vision was right. to have a retail shop you know, and you were doing retails, retail at the time, you know, six years ago, not as much as you are now. Um, but it's that, that was the process. That's how it started, right. To get there. And you've since, right. you've since move shop and then another baby step move shop and then started with a detailer. Right. So yeah. we talked about hiring somebody talk about like wh- if you're comfortable sharing numbers, what it taught, what it would cost to open that first shop. And you can probably tell people it's okay to have a shop and not be there a hundred percent of the time and how you did that. And then we'll go from there.
1: So that shop didn't, it didn't take much to open, to be honest. Um, uh, just your deposit. I think it was, I think I was paying like 1500 bucks a month. Um, mm-hmm. plus a $1,500 deposit. Yep. I put some lights in there, built a wall, a couple grand there. And Honestly, I was just working out of my, the back of my truck still. I would yep. pull the tools out, bring them in the shop and, you know, work there one to two days a week. And, um, what was it? What was the other part? The other question?
0: I mean, yeah, that that's the big part is that like, I think there's a lot of people think that they have to go from mobile to a shop and done. Yeah, no, you can transition. Yeah, I, But what if, what about that one customer that comes and you're not there on that was that was a problem. Yeah. Um, what did you do to solve that?
1: I uh, <laughs> tell them all by appointment only. I had yeah. an appointment only on the door. Yeah, that's um, it. You got to
0: sign on the door, right? Yeah. Did it ruin that, your business? Not...
1: No, but you. No, it didn't ruin my business. You could tell they were
0: disappointed, but sure. you know what I mean. Yeah.
1: I, I'd I'd make I try to make it as accommodating for them as I could.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, they're disappointed, but they understood. Like, okay, this guy's got other things to go do. A small shop you know, whatever. Um, it's, it's, I feel like a lot of people want to make this leap from mobile to a shop in a perfect world. Should you go cold Turkey and say, sorry, I'm not servicing anybody mobile. I'm going straight to the shop. I don't think maybe, no, you don't even Well,
1: maybe, I mean, it depends on how much, how much retail, how many retail calls you're getting. Yeah. Um, what I started to do when I, so after transitioning to this new shop and then I was at the detailer here, you know, he, I had, he moved out after about a year. Yeah. But so what I started doing is just scheduling every retail I could here. And, and the more I'm here, the more the doors are open, the more people see. And, and then it just, it just progresses to where now I, I, I don't have to leave here at all. Yeah. I mean, I still do. And I'll just throw a note on the door. Hey, I'll be back in an hour you know, if I got to run across town to a body shop, but
0: here's this number. Yeah. Here's the number. Yeah. Call me, yeah. Yeah. And that's still okay. Yeah. It still works. Maybe some, maybe this one person's a little upset. You go, you take care of them another day, give them 10% off. I don't know. What are you, what are you doing about that? I don't, I don't have a situation.
1: Honestly, lately I haven't had anyone upset. I still have the appointment on the door. I'd leave the note. They'll yeah. call me and I'll just tell them, Hey, I'm at a body shop. I'll be back in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they will sit here and wait. No, really? Oh, yeah. Dang, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty
0: sweet. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. I'm
1: That's just sitting awesome. in the car and wait till I get back. I'll yeah. write them an estimate or whatever it is they want. You know what I mean?
0: Yep. For sure. And so I would say like all the people, I think, I mean, you and I've talked about this enough and I've asked so many different people, what's the future of PDR look like? And I think a lot of people agree it's shops, more insurance work, bigger dents, things like that. So a lot of people want to move the direction that you moved over the last five years into essentially full time. Now at a shop, I would say that at least I would describe you that yeah. way. Um, if you had to do all over again, or if you had to get some advice for people that are in your situation five years ago, what would you tell them?
1: If you're getting, if you're getting the retail calls and they're in the general area, you want to open a the shop then, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Get a, get a good, in my opinion, get a good location. Mm. I think that's being in this location is probably the best decision I made. The other one was hidden off the, off the main street. It was mm-hmm. hard to find. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You got to explain um, to every customer.
1: Yeah. This yeah. one, I have a banner. Like when I open the door, I got a big dent repair banner and people, they, that's the first thing they tell me. I see
0: this sign all the time. Oh yeah, I, oh, I turn yeah. in that corner right there by your shop, and they see that sign. See that, and then one day, they're like, "Oh, maybe that's." They get a dent in their door, and they're like, "Oh, that must be this. That's what this guy's for, yeah." Right? Or something, they go, yeah. Like, "I've been
1: meaning to come by." Yeah, dude, all the time. Of people,
0: yeah. Yesterday at the UPS, I was dropping my Amazon returns off my basically weekly Amazon returns because I buy shit and I don't, I don't like it. Returning? Me. Am I the <laughs> only one that does that? I don't think so. Everybody does well, that, right? Does it all the time? Okay, <laughs> I do it for my wife. Orders the chef. I, I take send it back. It back. <laughs> I take it back On <laughs> <laughs> my way out to work. I was at the Amazon store and the dude like walking out of the, not the Amazon UPS store. And he's like, Oh, they meaning to, I've been meaning to call when you guys can come look at my car. I'm like, Pff. usually they don't work out, but I went and looked at them, quoted it for 800 bucks and booked it on Monday. So that was pretty cool. But there's uh, so many cool. people out there like that, that that's, that's on us. Like we're not in front of them enough, whether it's a retail or a Facebook ad or um tv radio online whatever right is that they don't we don't make it easy enough for them to find us a mailer i don't know i'm not saying any of those things are the best things ever but like how many people out there right now in vacaville in sacramento have a dent in their door and they're like "Ah, i should get that taken care of but it's just like too much resistance for them to like go google there's there's multiple companies in Vacaville, multiple companies in Sacramento. Who do I use? Are they going to screw me? Is it good? Is this real? Is it fake? Like all those questions, right? Oh yeah. And so that you're saying that retail shop is just like I've been meaning to stop in here. I'm finally here today. Can you help me?
1: <laughs> yeah, and then you explain to them, you know, why it's why this is the best way to repair your car. Yeah.
0: Once you got the person's attention, the the uh, um, justification for why we're better than a body shop is, I mean, straightforward.
1: hundred yeah, percent. I mean, it's and not,
0: it's not arguable. It and
1: really. it's much better to do it in person than mm-hmm. on the phone. I, I had a guy the other day with a, a Tesla with a big smash in the quarter and he had a $500 deductible and it was probably $1,500 job. Yeah. And he goes, well, if you can't do it for 200, then I'll just turn it into my insurance. I'm like, what? Or okay, turn it turn agents, and panel. then I'll do it. it. And he goes, No, nah, I'm just gonna have Tesla do it. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, they're gonna cut your quarter panel off.
0: Yeah. Well, so that as as far as that goes, basically our job there is to make our option easier, right? right? That guy just wanted the easy way out. He's like, you know what, whatever. Quality of the car repair, like it's you know, this guy believes that, this guy believes this. Who even knows what's real? This is what he's thinking. Right. We know for sure but we're right. biased. But so in that situation, we got to make that the easiest option possible because he's like, I'll just call Tesla and they'll take care of it. Or how about you just, instead of calling Tesla, call your insurance company, give me the number and I'll take care of it. Done. Right. right? So like maybe, maybe that's the, it's funny to like, when you get those jobs, those jobs to learn what people really want. Sometimes it's literally the ease of repair.
1: Right. Quality
0: be damned, even though it's a Tesla, He's like, I just don't want to deal with it. I want someone else to deal with it, <laughs> right? And awesome. I
1: probably should have, I probably should have uh,
0: done that Pushed.
1: with him, but yeah. But he was Pushed just like, oh, you can't do it for two hundred bucks. I'm like,
0: oh. <laughs> can't do it for 200. Yeah, he had this. Like, I'd be like, where did the two hundred dollars? Where did the two hundred dollars right. come from? Like, where, right. where where did you make that? Right? Because if you're looking for the easiest thing possible, that's me, and I'll tell you why. You call Tesla, they're going to send it to Tesla. It's going to be two weeks. All that stuff or call your insurance company, make a claim. I'll take care of it. And one day I'll pick it up from your house or whatever. We'll get it picked up from your house or you drop it off here and give it back to you the next day. Something like that. Now I'm like coaching right. you. I don't know why I'm doing that, but this is how no. our relationship is though. Like you call and say something and, or I'll say something to you like, Oh, I should do this or whatever. And you're like, Oh, well, why don't you blah blah, blah. Um, and so that's how our relationship has been for the longest time. And, and, uh, that's why we. I encourage people to know somebody like you who who like you're close with but not in your in your main competitor and they like challenge you all the time right that's oh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully I just did that to you I feel like I've done that throughout our entire relationship like you're like oh yeah he did this and I'm like yeah but <laughs> yeah yeah you could have done I'm it this way my text messages and call the guy up and you're call gonna guy call guy him up? up yeah for sure <laughs> but you've also done that to me too though that's the thing so like people know me now with PDR coach podcast, the coach Corey K stuff and the coaching and everything. But you knew me before that any of that was even a thought. Right. Right. When you didn't like the fixed dents. When I didn't like (laughs) the (laughs) fixed dents. Well, okay. So people have heard this, but if they haven't, if there's new listeners or whatever, I'm like, I was born into it essentially. And so I've said this to you many times and to other people, other podcasts, When you sacrifice for something and you grind for something and you overcome obstacles and challenges to get something, you really appreciate it so much more, right? Like you, like you were working for the body shop. You left franchise thing, started your own business, struggle, sacrifice young kids at the time, barely making it finally made it happen, hired a person, start a shop, close that shop, start like all those things are like struggles, overcoming all that stuff. For me, everyone, most people know my story. My dad started Pro in 91. I started fixing dents at 14. Really my first time not fixing dents, sorry. Started pushing on metal at 14. Let's just say that to clarify. I wasn't fixing anything at 14 years old, more like 18, but summers breaks on school, whatever. So I had like a whole year of training probably by the time I left high school, and started doing this. Like I went to college, but started doing this full time. So I just didn't appreciate it. And I'm like, talk to you or talk to other people. I wasn't really in the community. And I'm, and you're like, yeah, it's such a struggle like this. And I'm like, dent repair has never been that hard. Yeah. <laughs> like my perspective was so much different and that's so big in life. Right. Is that like looking back on things is always a different perspective. And my perspective on it was like, I mean, I got trained over a period of like five years, a few months at a time, which would be yeah. the greatest way to train anybody right push on stuff for a couple months go roll it around a little bit mess with your own car um go on winter break with my dad mess with some stuff get a little better over a period of five years and so like my passion for it or my my desire for it wasn't there like other people's and I admit that I'm not trying to hide behind that from anybody right Um, and so that was part of it was was that what is your take on that what's your perspective on that
1: that makes sense because um, sorry, uh, I literally did sacrifice everything because I had, a, I had a good job at Pepsi. I had, you know, 401, I actually cashed my 401k out so I could live off it for a few months. No shit. I, oh yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a ton of money, but it was enough to pay yeah, you know, like 10, 10 20 grand. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Damn, that's, that's, that's sacrifice, that's, dude. That's sacrifice. Well, Cause when I quit, so when I, when I quit Pepsi and went to go work for DentPro I was only yeah. getting paid minimum wage for At the Dentro. first couple of months. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And then once you start billing, then that's that's when you start getting a commission. Yeah. So it took me probably, I don't know, probably eight months to start making what I was making prior to that. It's, so yeah, it was close to
0: a year. That's a long time.
1: It was a struggle, man. And, mm-hmm. and we didn't have the best training. I think it was four weeks. Actually, Ray Sapner was in my training
0: oh that's right yeah that's right yeah yeah.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool so we did like two weeks in class and then two weeks at the option and then i it was it was a struggle yeah old tools you know how it is
0: yeah no for sure yeah i remember i mean yeah i don't know the struggle as far as the dent repair stuff but that that's that's that was part of it so i was like a little disenchanted i guess with just p like fixing dents or whatever um it's kind of like the um Not that I grew up as like a rich kid. My dad did well doing dance for a long time, but like, it's like those super rich, like multimillionaire kids that grow up that don't realize how hard it is to have money. Yeah. Like it's that kind of like entitlement a little bit. And I kind of had that with PDR. I didn't realize how hard it was to fix dance. And so I was like a little entitled about it to a point where it was actually detrimental to me because I wouldn't push myself and fail on dance because I had reached this like cap where I thought I was good enough or just good or the best or whatever. Right. Which I clearly wasn't still, still now I know I'm not for sure. But then I might've like tricked myself to say that. I think there's a lot of guys out there like that now too. Maybe they're not listening to this podcast or paying attention to what's going on, but there's a lot of guys are like, I've been doing this for 15 years. Right. And when I met you, I was like kind of 13 in 10, maybe almost, I don't even know a lot of years into it thinking i'm like got this shit figured out because every guy you go to a dealership you go to a body shop they think you're the man like you're the dang guy like wow because you're blowing their mind so you're like get a little bit of the ego yeah and i had that for sure um my question to you how much did i talk about doing what i'm doing now over the last six years
1: oh you talk about it all the time (laughs) yeah and then, then you finally did it. You're like, Hey, I'm going to MTE. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and you're like, why? What? Yeah. You don't do that.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden there was, man, you just, you were up and running.
0: But this is the, this is the thing though, that a lot of guys do um, talk about stuff. I talked about creating a podcast, helping other people. I understood the marketing stuff, the business side, the having conversations with customers, things like that. Because that's what I like to do. That's the part that I excelled at. That's the part I paid attention to. That's the part I enjoyed. I always loved listening to marketing books, reading reading books, podcast sales, all that stuff, right? And I've talked yeah. about it all the time to you. I'm like, I, there was a period of time where I was like trying to recruit you to do a podcast with me because I was too yeah, scared to do it by myself. That. That's right. Right? Looking back, I'm I like, I just that, yeah. didn't want to do it by myself. And I'm like, I need another guy to do it for me so that I feel confident enough to do it. Yeah. Right. I, I did.
1: Yeah. I do remember that. And I was like, yeah, like nah. I, really do I don't really want to do it. Then yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah. it. I'm doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, you know, I hired a, a business coach personally to help me do all, like start a business and brand myself and do all that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. So that was a big part of it for me. Like if people wonder why I'm so passionate about coaching, the PDR 20 group, being in masterminds, all that stuff is because it literally changed the way I do things in my life so right if it worked for me like i feel like the possibility of it working for you is just as good oh yeah um yeah go ahead you you go
1: oh no i was just gonna say um you know i think like um uh what's it called the mastermind groups i think it, i think it'd be beneficial for me yeah however i just don't know you, you got to want to do it. Like you have to want to put in the, uh, effort. And I don't know if I would, you know, take advantage of the opportunities you could get from a, uh, 20.
0: Like I know. A, I think I know you well enough. And I know a lot of the people I talk to joining groups. Now I'm going to sell you on the group because you put me in that go. position, right? right? Um, sometimes just making that commitment is enough. Sometimes saying, you know what, like, you have a goal, like I say, I have a goal. I want to open up a shop. I want to do forty grand a month out of a shop with another technician. I want whatever that goal is, whatever that point that you want to get to in life is. Can you get there yourself? Yes. You and I have proven that over the last ten years of knowing each other and and challenging each other on things that you can do that, but it's a slower process, right? It, you'll get there, right. but it's slower. Sometimes committing to that thing makes you commit to your goal. Right. So for me, when I hired a coach, like putting up the money and committing to saying I'm committing to him, but re- but what it really is is committing to yourself that you're going to do these things that you say that you say you want to do. I talked to you about this for years. You were like really the only one. I talked to my my family business and they're like, yeah, you know, we're good. We've doing this. Like they didn't really push me in that direction. I talked to you and you're like, you basically like, you should do it. <laughs> you should do yeah. it. Like you do it with me, and you're like, I don't really want to. You should do it though, you know. <laughs> and like, and so you do that, and then finally, I committed to myself and to this other person through accountability, which is a big majority of what a coach is to you: guidance, right. business practices, um, learning stuff that you don't know, and accountability. Super right. huge part of it. So I think if you had a goal you wanted to get, open up another shop, hire another tech, get to a certain dollar amount, whatever if you committed to a 20 group or to a one-on-one coaching program or to something like that, you'd get there a heck of a lot faster than if you didn't commit to it. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I think it's easier to not, I think it's easier to say like, I know it would help me, but I don't want to sign up for it. Cause I don't know if I could commit to it. That, that's not who you are. And most people in this industry, they're not like that. Like if you told me, that you were going to come on my podcast today you're here i know you have customers dropping off you're sitting in your shop right now you probably could be making money right now but you're here because you committed to me that you would be i told you
1: i'd be here yeah you're right right. and so
0: you do that to the pdr 20 group to the one-on-one coach to the to whatever your own little mastermind that you put together with three other people no one pays anybody you just three decide to commit to each other that's why personal trainers at a gym work That's why nutritional coaches work. That's why all that's why Jenny Craig program is a thing because you told this random person on the internet or in person that you're going to do this thing and you're much more likely to not let them down than you are to let yourself down.
1: Yeah. You commit to your your customers all the time,
0: right? Yeah. You commit to your customers (laughs) all the time, more than your fucking wife. Sometimes you're like, yeah, I'll be here here this time. I'll fix your day. And you call your wife. Sorry. I can't be home till six. (laughs) Weekly. That happens weekly. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I think that's part of it. So for anybody that's like on the fence like that too, and then you too, committing to the shop, committing to hiring an employee. The reason why you've grown your business is because now you're not just committed to yourself. You're committed to making sure Brian can take care of you. You're you're his livelihood, right? You provide that for him. And that makes you a better business owner, a better man, a better leader, all that type of stuff. And so just as far as like commitment, Goes and consistency; those are two cute, like, super important things. And so that—that's what I, that's what happened for me is I decided, like, look, I have a unique skill set in my ability to talk to people, to interview people. I've hosted other podcasts in the past that have failed before the PDR Coach podcast, which I don't think is a failure <laughs> for the most part, um, and. So I have a special skill set and I was like, talked like, I should do this. I should help people in this way. I should make a podcast. I should, I don't know, write a blog or do whatever, all this stuff. And I finally committed to doing that. So the lesson in that is there's a lot of guys out there who want to do a YouTube page, start their own podcast, influence the industry in some way. Um, But they're not because they're too scared just like I was. And you know that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know that. I know. You know, Um, so what do we say to those people? It's so hard though. Cause even you, like, you know, the mastermind group would help you and that you could join it, have the money to join it and you would commit to it, but it's like something missing. What is it? Right. What can we tell these other people? If you want to do this thing and influence the industry in this way and help or create the tool or whatever, you just, you just gotta do it. You <laughs> gotta do it. Isn't that so easy? Like yes, it's so easy, do it. right? So Nike, easy. just do it, right? Yeah, that's it. The best, the big, one of the biggest companies in the world. That's their slogan. Just fucking do it. Exactly. Just, just do, do it. it. Just take one step forward. Like my first podcast, go back and listen to it. Not very good. I was probably very nervous on there. I wrote, and I wrote the entire thing out in an outline. The, all the words, and if you pay attention, you can tell I'm reading it. <laughs> oh, I, had no yeah. in, I had no intro. I had no outro. I did not know who I was going to have on the podcast as interviewees. Actually, I started it not intending it to be an interview podcast, but everyone liked that more. So that's the direction I went, etc. Right. So right. one step in front of the other, you have this great shop now, full-time, busy, Like it's beautiful. Like you got all your own dedicated tools in there. The floor is like, you got the special flooring in there that looks beautiful. Uh, you got the lighting in there, all that stuff, right? People see that and they want that, but that took a long time. It did. And it took one (laughs) step in front of the other to build this vision that you now are in.
1: Yeah. It it took, it took a long time,
0: What, What three and a half years now.
1: Yeah, three and a half, four years from the first shop. From the first shop, yeah. Now I have a set of tools in my truck, set of tools in here. And it's, yeah, it took a long time. But
0: full-fledged, legitimate PDR business with a shop, with an employee. All the things that you said maybe you even didn't want or that you weren't ready for, that you weren't capable of handling. Right. Are now doing it
1: well. And we could probably bring another employee on
0: yeah right now and still be and you could still be busy which which I, i'd
1: probably do it at the correct time now
0: <laughs> yeah before before you your like gets, nights and weekends <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much uh so i mean i think that's that's probably a, a, just another big lesson on that is that um a few people have asked me or mentioned to me recently that a lot something along the lines of like oh like you did it or it was easier for you or they see your shop now. And they're like, Oh man, of course. Yeah. Eric is a great tech and he's got this great business and all these, right. And it seems so obvious to them, but it's not, it's scary, difficult struggle, uh, overcoming challenges, sleepless nights, potentially unsure what you're going to do, all those things, all those things. And for me too, creating a podcast, Coaching people, starting a launch pad, doing a PDR 20 group, all these, all the, all those things, all scary, hard, difficult, unsure if I could do them, unsure if they would be success, a success or a failure, all that stuff. I'm no exception. You're no exception. All the other people you look up to in the world, in my opinion, same way. You agree?
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Like when I, one of the biggest things, some people know, I'm like, I'm in an RTA syndicate group. I learned, I want a couple of my coaches. That's one of the coaching programs I'm involved with Ed Milet and Andy Priscilla. One of the biggest things that they t- have been teaching me and they bring on big time people, like real, like ballers in the world, um, multi-mil- multi-millionaires, athletes, things like that. Um, everyone's the same, dude. They're all scared. And the number one thing that MLS coaches people on from his high performance athletes. The number one thing he has to coach them on is confidence.
1: I was just going to say confidence. <sighs> Isn't that crazy? It is. I'm like, it
0: is. I'm like Tom Brady or like, I don't know if he coaches Tom Brady, honestly. I don't think so. But like these other athletes are like professional athletes, the best 500 athletes in the world at that sport. And they're like, I don't know if I'm good enough. <laughs> that's, How many that's times have you told yourself is. that for like the last 10 years?
1: Oh, all the time. Yeah, same. Uh, sometimes I look at a dent and I
0: go, oh, I don't think I could do that. No, yeah, for sure. And then I think Kelly just, could, but I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just did that shit on Tesla. So I'm not, <laughs> I know, right? I know. But like, but that's the thing you are like, first of all, you got to believe it. That's the thing you got to work on the self-confidence part of it, both of us. But then this is why it's good to know people. This is why mastermind groups are good. This is why coaching groups, like, because you'll send me that picture of the dent and you're like, I don't know, I can do it. And I'm like, of course, you, I've seen you fix that dent before it's just right. a little different. And you're like, yeah, you're probably right. I'm like quoted at this price. If you get it, then you'll figure out a way to do it. Right. Those are the types of things though, is that that's why having coaches, acquaintances, people that are at least people that will challenge you. Not yes, men, not like your mom. Like if I said my mom, Hey, I don't know if I can do this. She's gonna be like, it's okay. You don't have to right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe other moms are different. But no, they're all the same, but, but like, but like having the person that can challenge you though, right. That's going to call you on your bullshit in front of you, in front of the hundreds of people listening on a podcast or whatever. Right. Like that, those are the people that you want in your life. Like when they say you're like the five people you hang out with, it's because those people challenge you to get better consistently.
1: Yeah. You've done that with me several times. I do it with a couple other techs in the area. You do
0: it with me. You do it with me. me It's a reciprocal relationship. It's not one or the other, but that's the thing is that sometimes like for specific dent repair or for opening a shop or for the reason this happens from my mindset point of view and my coaching point of view is that as a coach or as like, as someone looking at your business from the outside, I don't have emotion and I'm not making a decision of what to do in business, open up a shop, hire a person, all that stuff with emotion. I'm doing it with actual like tangible evidence and numbers. Right. Right. So when I ask you like how much money you're bringing in, um, how busy are you? Can you even take care of all the customers you have now? And you're like, I'm bringing in 20 grand. I'm so busy. I can't even think I'm dropping the ball. I'm like, of course you hire somebody. (laughs) like, what, why are we having this discussion? Right. Of course you hire somebody and you're like, yeah, but like I don't know if I'm ready for that. Am I good enough? Like, yeah. Cause it's all, all the emotional stuff. Like, what if I fail? Who's gonna think bad about that? What if I waste money? What all these like essentially emotional feelings, not not actual evidence, because there's no evidence pointing to the fact that you shouldn't do this. It's just right. it's just that you're like scared or unsure or doubt yourself, lack confidence, etc.
1: What if this um, happens? What if this happens? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And those are the questions, right? Like our whole life, our whole brain, our whole mental state is run by the questions we ask ourselves. Right. right? So like, what if I start this and I waste two hours and don't make any money? Well, there's your brain's going to go about answering that question and the answer is not going to be very good. Right. Right. But what if you ask yourself a different question? What if I quoted this price and then fix it? What's that going to do for my business? Different answers. Yep. Right. And yeah. so that's like, those are the kinds of like little tricks, little tactics that we don't, we just blow through life years and years and years, sometimes have a lot of negative self-talk about what we're able to accomplish. I can't start a YouTube channel. I'm not good enough to start a podcast who the fuck wants to get coaching from me, all that type of stuff that we've all thought. I re-
1: yeah. I remember you saying that. Why would someone want coaching from me?
0: Yeah. Killing it. Great. And that's, but a but lot you of people, get it. And I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Correct. Right. Am I the best coach in the world? No. Am I, do I help all of the clients that I coach and provide a ton of value way more than they pay me? Yeah, I do. And I'm confident in that now. And my confidence in that has built. And because I had to overcome struggle, because I had to overcome those hurdles, all the negative mindset, the what ifs, the can I, why should other people, my passion for this is so much more. Just like so many guys have passion for dent repair because they overcame all of those things to get to where they are today. Right. I didn't really have that in dent repair. That's my excuse. It's a good excuse too. (laughs) Uh, uh, But that's, I mean, that's the takeaway, honestly. Like, I know we talked a little bit about having this conversation beforehand and I'm like, I just want to be like an open book and be real to people and show people, because a couple people have said like must be easy for you like of course you can call this person of course you can do this of course you can coach the buddy i'm like no it's not of course it's not of course like i years years wanted to do something like this never did it right so uh, you can do it too not you eric you can also but anybody listening maybe i'll take you up on that uh, mastermind group there. oh <laughs> commit commit right <laughs> we'll now. talk we'll talk <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times if, if you were my client, I would make you have a verbal commitment right now. I just got off a call with another client um, of mine and he's like, I want to do this by the end of the month. And I'm like, tomorrow it's already ready. You're just scared. It's it not going to change. Time. Next month is so much easier for you to say you're willing to do it because it's next month, but right. pretty soon it's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> right. I, and you're yeah. going to say next month.
1: Right. I did that with Sam. Uh, matt with uh hey how's it going uh oh you know what i'm gonna pull it in um
0: told you he is I'm busy up. Oh,
1: sorry about that yeah <laughs> we
0: can wrap it up he's he's at his shop right now so i appreciate you taking a little bit of time to come out that, that that's the lesson you're you're gonna be scared you just gotta do it anyways everything that is worth a shit in life is on the other side of that of that scary stuff
1: yeah jumping and swim is that what they say something
0: like that yeah. yeah, you definitely just do it. For sure. So, last question. i got to ask you before you go, as you roll up your roll-up your roll door to take care of this customer. <laughs> Where's the future PDR, man? Where's it going? Oh,
1: dude, We're just starting, man. Just started, we're just buddy. starting. There's, there's so many cars, so many opportunities. I mean, we're not even... Dude, nobody even knows about this. Hardly anybody knows about this. PDR. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they, everyone goes to the body shop first.
0: Got to that. PDR first. That's the trick.
1: That's the same.
0: Yeah. Easier said than done. It's gonna be scary. Right. It's gonna be hard. We're gonna to have to overcome a lot. A lot of struggles. A lot of stuff in between here and there. Things are gonna change. This company's gonna come in. Dent wizard is gonna get sold again. Someone's gonna start retail. All these things are gonna happen. But if we're moving oh, in yeah. that direction, I think we'll be all right. Oh
1: yeah.
0: I enjoyed come on it. Back. I enjoyed it, Eric. Thanks for coming on. All really. right. Hey, good talking man. I about appreciate appreciate it it's short. All right. That was not short. We got an hour, man. That's perfect. Oh, awesome. Something like that. Later, buddy. All right, buddy. Later. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PDR Coach Podcast. If you got any value from this podcast and want to do something for me, then the best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review. If you want to know more about me, then you can find me on Instagram by searching for the PDR Coach or find me on my website at K dot com. C-O-R-Y-K.com. Thank you for listening and I'll be back next week.